Hello, landfill fans. I usually begin by welcoming you to the Prairie Design Lab if you're a fan of architecture and design, but you may also be more of a fan of landfills than you know. More on that in a moment, but first uh, let me empty this blue bin from under the kitchen sink. I'm running a bit late. I better get out to the street. Hey, I'm in luck. There's the blue box truck right now. Boy, they're fast. Already heading down the street. Put out your blue and gray boxes yet? Which is your day? Oh yes, where was I? You're listening to Prairie Design Lab. We're a brand new podcast created by the University of Manitoba's Faculty of Architecture in Winnipeg. Prairie Design Lab is a podcast that builds on the legacy of the first architecture faculty in Western Canada. It was founded 101 years ago. This podcast is created by the students, the faculty of the university, and many people who care deeply about our built environment. I'm Terry McLeod, the host and producer and writer of Prairie Design Lab, and the person who takes care of the waste in our house. I'm back in the closet today to tell you about episode three of our brand new podcast. This episode is called Landfill. I'm in the closet because we still can't get into the studio at UMFM Campus Radio 101.5 FM, which is our other sponsoring organization. COVID-19 has locked us out of UMFM, so to record my narration, I'm squeezed into our bedroom closet again with its great acoustics, these racks of clothing, and over on the top shelf there, hmm, a Halloween witch's hat. It's lovely. I'm here so often, I'm thinking of naming my improvised studio the Closet Podcasting Corporation, the CPC. What do you think? Today, we're all about waste management and what to do when our landfills are full. We're going to explore our accidentally built environment by traveling up into the hills of Winnipeg. Accidentally built environment? Hills of Winnipeg? Really? When I say accidentally built environment, I'm referring to our landfill sites. I say accidentally built because we had to build them to get rid of our waste, but we didn't realize as we were piling up those huge mounds of garbage, we were creating years later opportunities for parks. 16 old Winnipeg landfills that have been converted into parks. Kilcona Park, built on the old North Kildonan landfill. Bridgewater Park on an old landfill in Bridgewater Forest, and the new Render Park on the site of the old St. Vital dump. In this episode, we'll explore two very different landfills. Our first landfill site, or dump as they used to be called, was created in 1875 and closed in 1948. It is now the legendary Garbage Hill. Between 1953 and 1961, it was graded and landscaped by the city to a height of about 20 meters, 60 feet. For 10 years, I've climbed its hills with my rescue labradoodle, Stella. It is there that I first met Dennis Dubbs, who loves the rolling hills of Garbage Hill. From here, I can see all the places I've worked at. I met my wife just over there. When I first got here, this was one of the first places I came to, just because it's got the best view of town. 
and I was told so I came loved it and when I found out a that it's um, a dog park off leash and we got a dog well where are we coming well introduce me to your dog oh pepper come here come say hi how long ago did you start coming here well we bought the house a little over 10 years ago so a little over 10 years how often do you come here daily every day i have a rather large well-mannered shepherd who enjoys coming here and expects to come here and i'm just wondering if i've missed and now i have been coming here every day for at least the past five years how uh, far away from the park do you live uh, not far about six eight blocks yeah. sorry that's my dog and she's uh, uh, she's a huge fan of yours she's known you for years <laughs> <laughs> and she knows rightly that i'm an easy mark when it comes to cookies. Why do you choose to come to this park though, to Garbage Hill or Westview Park, which is what the city wants us to call it? So many interesting things happening here that you would never think about this place as being all this interesting because there's not many trees. It's uh, wide open up on top. There are a ton of people who come here some of whom are, um, how do I put it, sketchy? <laughs> Let's go with sketchy. All right. Um, and that's okay, you know, it, the park's for everybody. Me, I come because first, it's got the best view of town ever. I mean, as we're here right now, and let's just say the weather is um, changeable today, we're standing on top of a hill with sun falling on us, and yet, over there there's rain over there there's a good storm going on there uh, over there some sun here you can tell what's going to happen in this town in the next hour easily the fact that this was for quite a long time a city dump means that sometimes you find glass migrating often, often. Yeah. It, it literally percolates up from underground but only once has she ever cut herself and she was running around like crazy because there's enough wildlife that uh, satisfies her prey drive. What kind of wildlife? Oh, well, everything from mice to gophers. We've seen rabbits. I've seen deer from here. If you come, you'll notice that there's a sign that says garbage hill. Yeah, right. It's like our version of the Hollywood sign. Exactly. The same type of thing, except somebody put it up anonymously. And the idea was great. I mean, I talked to everybody here. Everybody loved it. And next thing you know, the city's pulled it down. Well, there was hue and cry. Next thing you know, they got somebody to put a city-approved sign in its place. And I was there the day that the mayor came to uh, inaugurate the sign or whatever you want to call it. Uh, met his dog too. If you come here enough, you'll see things like, I have seen so many people getting married, for instance, because where is the best place to get a good picture with the city in the background and you're wearing your 
wedding finery, you know, kind of thing. This is a great place to meet people. Well, you and I had never met until we met here. Yeah, of course. And you're not the only person I've met here. <laughs> Amazingly, there's been quite a few. Let's see, the most notable maybe would be the uh, Swedish soccer team. Well, uh, you remember a few years back we had the uh, international women's soccer playoffs were here. And the soccer team was staying at that hotel over there and they had come for a walk. And of course Pepper had to go over and say hi. And so we got it talking. And on this flat area here on top, the whole team came and they started doing their workouts here. You know, and I'm just thinking, yep, that's what this place is for. And being uh, on a hill, it is a magnificent place for kite flying. There's been quite a few kites, some of which were beautiful. But uh, I think the thing that I enjoyed the most is there was this one guy, and he's been here twice now, that has one of those um, parasails, I guess you call it. Yeah. And he's trying to take off from here, and I think the guy's out of his mind. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, there are poles all over here. There's, you know, the cell towers. There's wires everywhere, along with a few trees. And I'm just thinking, unless this guy's a lot better than what I'm pretty sure he is, he's going to have some serious problems because he's going to hit something and all that. Meanwhile, the dogs are chasing him. When you look around, uh, this is a, an industrial part of the city, right? For the most part, but there are people that come here on a daily basis. They bring their dogs, they do their walks. They come for a while just to walk with the rest of the crew. There's a crew? Oh, there is a crew. You come here on a Saturday morning around 8ish and there'll be at least 10 dogs all together and they chase each other and that's great. And the older dogs, they just kind of walk around going, ah, so how was your week, <laughs> kind of thing. The way that you talk about Garbage Hill, it sounds like your little piece of heaven. In a lot of ways it is, because it's a big part of my social life. It's a big part of my family life. We come here because it's, it's a wonderful way to spend, you know, a couple hours every day every day because something new is happening every day mind you how do i put this uh in the middle of february when it's say minus 35 give or take and there's a 50k wind i sometimes wonder but at the same time i get some of the most fantastic photos you know and uh pepper um she's part husky part shepherd and minus 30 is her temperature, <laughs> not plus 30. Dennis Dubbs and his shepherd husky mix Pepper at Garbage Hill. Now to our second landfill park. The city of Winnipeg now calls it Brady Road Resource Management Facility. Most here just refer to it as Brady Road. Uh, I went there last week. Uh, excuse me, can I ask a question? Oh, sorry, sir. Not at all, don't worry. 
Where do I dump my leaf waste? I've got a bunch of bags in the back. Hang a left at the fork and then they'll show you where to go from there. Okay, thanks. Where do I go with my leaf waste? Right here. Which one? Second green sign. Fantastic, thanks. Where's the leaf waste? Second green, okay, thanks. Okay, this is the second green bin. Sorry, how many green signs are there? There's only, there's three green signs. I okay. The second one. Sorry, so way up there? Yes. Okay, thanks. There we are. One. Two. I had jammed seven leaf bags into the back of my SUV and drove south to the perimeter highway. I didn't need to go to Brady, but I wanted to see it. I'm in a neighborhood where yard waste is picked up by the city every two weeks. Brady Road is Winnipeg's only active landfill. It was opened on the southern edge of the city in 1973. It is vast, 790 hectares, that's almost 2,000 acres. And it is a piece of land with incredible opportunity for new ideas and I wanted to know more about what they could be. I tracked down Krista Renwick, who has studied Brady Road really deeply for the practicum she wrote this year for her Master's in Landscape Architecture at the University of Manitoba. She titled it Landfill to Landmark. Krista Renwick lives in Calgary at the moment. We spoke on Zoom. Why did you title your practicum for your Master's in Landscape Architecture Landfill to Landmark? When I started looking at landfills or waste landscapes in uh, relation to my practicum, one thing that was immediately obvious in the context of Manitoba or the prairies especially is that landfills themselves really stand out against the rest of, of the prairie landscape. And they do become, especially when they end up in the middle of the city, such as Garbage Hill or Westview Park, they do become a landmark, uh, something that can define an area or be something that helps people find their way. They really uh, have an impact in a prairie landscape, I feel, compared to perhaps in other areas. One of the things that we heard from the man that I was walking with on Garbage Hill is the views from Garbage Hill. He's so thrilled by how much you can see and how far you can see that for him, that's a really appealing feature of that site. And your vision for Brady Road is for a much higher elevation and a much greater view. Why is the view so important? I think view is something that as humans, as people, we really appreciate. And I think even more so in the prairie landscape when that opportunity is much more rare. I think it's very natural to see somewhere with a vantage point and to want to see what you can see from there. In your view of Brady Road, what does the future hold for that site? It's a vast site. If it ever becomes a park, it will be a very, very big park. In my practicum, I compare the footprint of Brady to some other uh, familiar parks, and it, it's larger than Assiniboine Park and Assiniboine Forest combined. It's similar in size if you're familiar with Fresh Kills Park, which is 
actually also a closed landfill site in New York City on Staten Island that is currently being transitioned into a, a large park. So I think the Brady landfill site is unique in that it's quite close to the city and it has because of the size of the city of Winnipeg and Winnipeg's relative slow population growth, the area of Brady Landfill has the ability to serve the city for an exceptionally long amount of time. The range is based on a lot of factors, whether we continue to divert more material, whether we start wasting more the rate of population growth. What I really saw as an opportunity there is as the site progresses, landfills aren't built up all at once. They're built up in individual cells that are capped every few years. So you build a section and then close that section and then move on. So in a way, you could be building this park space as you go along. And so I thought there was a really great opportunity to allow for community engagement or public interaction with this space while it is still in operation because of this condition where it is so large. So large portions of the site would essentially be vacant and able to be something else while other portions of the site are still operating as a landfill. Roughly how much waste is Winnipeg producing now that goes to Brady Road? Canadians produce about 688 kilograms of waste per year. I currently live in Calgary. And here we have a very, very substantial waste management program from what I've seen. I haven't lived here very long, but all of the recycling and compost and garbage is all collected separately from each household. So they have a citywide composting program. And this is something that Winnipeg has started to attempt to implement. And it's in its early phases right now, expanding that program would make a really big difference in how much waste Winnipeg produces as a whole, because a lot of the things that we throw away are organic or food-based material. So being able to not put that material into the landfill would make a huge difference. In my research, I watched a video produced 10 years ago by the City of Winnipeg Water and Waste Department. It told me that in 2010, Winnipeg produced about 400,000 metric tons of waste. Most recent stats for the city tell us that in 2019, we produced 637,422 metric tons of waste. That's a 61% increase over a decade. In those years, Winnipeg's population rose 14%. As a result of all that waste, Brady Road Landfill continues to grow despite increased efforts to divert more waste. The city says that in 100 years, it'll be full. 
As it grows, the challenges and perhaps the opportunities increase. Let's turn back to Krista Renwick to hear her vision of Brady's future. You have thought so deeply about what we could do there, the services it would provide, the play, the enjoyment, the views. When you began to map out what Brady Roads could become, what was your process for that? I had previous experience spending time in landfill sites. I happened to work somewhere where we built landfills. And I think that gave me a different perspective of what those sites are and what they could become. I did site visits to the Brady landfill. I was lucky enough to tour around the actual site a couple times. And I wanted to take the unique experiences that I had when I was there and take advantage of those and elevate those in a design for the site. You were very, very detailed in your delineation of the the shape of the landscape, uh, the creation of hills and terraces and plateaus, of vegetation, the kinds of species of trees that could be planted there, the grasses. You present a really exhilarating vision of what that place could be. Will we ever get that? I think that a lot of things would have to be done differently for this particular vision to come to light. But a lot of the elements that I incorporated were based off of experiences that are available at that site right now. One of the most incredible things when I was there was it was a relatively calm day. It was in March, so still kind of cold, but it was a pretty nice day, not too windy. And We drove up to the top of the ridge of the capped portion of the landfill and I got out of the vehicle and I could see that it was definitely windier here. And I got out of the vehicle and the door was almost ripped out of my hand. It looked like a completely other world on the top of this landfill. The surface was kind of bumpy and there was little bits of snow and it reminded me almost of what tundra looks like. And then there were all of these views of the city in the background. You could see the Human Rights Museum, the Manitoba Hydro Building, uh, different buildings at the U of M. I felt that it was the only place in the city that I had experienced that. And I do think that because of its elevation and its location and its openness, that it is a totally unique place to the city that people are missing out on. The maximum elevation right now is 30 meters, which is relatively standard. It used to be the maximum elevation was 10 meters. In your Brady Road, what's the maximum elevation? In my Brady Road, the maximum elevation is 60 meters. It's quite dramatic. Quite dramatic. And the way that you landscape from that maximum height of 60 meters, you create curves and swirls and movements in the landscape that give users of it as parkland, a whole array of different kinds of options. In the practicum, you take into account common wind direction, but also you do a lot about the orientation toward the sun and what what that produces in terms of potential vegetation. What did you 
hope for when you produce this practicum? I really wanted to challenge what the convention is of what we normally do with waste sites, because I think that they can be so much more than something that we ignore. You also point out that if someone was to excavate at Brady Road and dig up newspaper that was put down 20 years ago, you could still read the paper because there's so little oxygen in the disposal sites. I think a lot of people have the misconception that when materials are landfilled, they break down. Plastic takes a thousand years to break down. But in a landfill condition, the material is placed and compacted so that almost all the air is out of it. A lot of things are contained within plastic too, right? When you throw things out in a garbage bag. And then it's covered every single day with some type of daily cover material. Then the very next day, you're, you're piling more things on top of it and you're compacting it. No oxygen really gets in. It's just like the embodied oxygen that's there when it's first placed or what's left. And so that's very, very quickly eaten up by an organic decomposition. And then it kind of stops. And it produces a huge amount of methane, which needs to be burned off, right? Yeah. So the Brady landfill installed retroactively, and now it's installed in in all parts as it's um, when it's built. Having methane burned greatly reduces the greenhouse gas impact of methane. What has to happen for your park to be built? I want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that what I've proposed definitely challenges the convention of how landfills are built right now. I don't believe it's a perfect solution to the problems that I identified, but I do think it's really important to look at these places from a new perspective. I think that one thing that would help for these places to become something more than what they are right now, if they're visible, if we're able to interact with or see these places in our daily lives, then we'll have more of an interest in them. One of the things that was really important to the design, I think, is that I chose to keep the outer berms of the space as they are. The berms right now, they really do a surprisingly good job of disguising this massive 30 meter tall kilometer wide hill. When you're driving on the perimeter highway, you kind of don't notice the Brady landfill, which is pretty impressive considering it's large. It's a large landform. So one of the things with adding that 60 meter high point in the first phase that I developed for my practicum is that there would be these pieces that behind this berm wall would peek out enough that when you're going by, it will give that sense of intrigue to want to know what's happening there. I tried to build on that impact by adding things like settling poles that you'd be able to see that are a bright color. The planting that I chose of the areas of that peak out over this berm are a plant that turns like bright red orange. In the fall, once you enter the park, 
there's this whole concentration of activity that's happening behind this green wall. Behind this green wall. Imagine the incredible possibilities behind this green wall. I'm so grateful to Krista Renwick for sparking our imaginations. Let's give the final word to a man named Randy Park, who appeared in that 2010 City of Winnipeg Water and Waste video about Brady Road. Do we really need to continue throwing this much away? How do we reduce the volume of garbage going to the landfill? What do you think we should do? So what do you think we should do? One solution is to build as beautiful a park as we can on top of that current landfill. Another solution perhaps is to build a smaller park on top of a smaller landfill containing less waste. You've been listening to Prairie Design Lab from the Faculty of Architecture at the University of Manitoba. Next week, the people behind the stunning new Inuit Art Centre just being completed adjacent to the Winnipeg Art Gallery. We'll meet Dr. Heather Igloliorti, the curator of its very first show, and we'll explore the creative mind of the world-renowned architect who designed it, Michael Maltzen of Los Angeles. See you next week. For Prairie Design Lab, I'm host, producer and writer, Terry McLeod. <laughs>